0: Hi there. Welcome to your podcast for college Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick Wainwright. The last article of the Nicene Creed says, I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. So today I will address what will happen at the end of times, what we also call the end of the world or the end of history. There have been and no doubt will continue to be human prophecies on when the end of the world will come and what to do to kind of survive that end of the world. Now, most of these prophecies tend to instill some sort of fear or panic. And sometimes those who utter these prophecies take advantage of those followers or their own followers, right? To take control of their lives in some way or other. Now these prophecies may be sometimes well-intended, and in those cases they simply don't come from God, but either they come from a human perception or some calculation or from some other preternatural source. Now other times, however, they are simply a strategy for manipulation or even recruitment. So regardless of their source, those prophecies about the specific time of when, when the end of the world will come are definitely not based on divine revelation. On the contrary, our, our Lord Jesus Christ clearly stated that there will be a day when he returns in glory to judge the living and the dead. But the day and the time of that event has not been revealed. He himself knew when that would happen because he is God. But it was not given to him as a man, Jesus Christ, right? It was not given to him to reveal that time to us. And this is what this is what he meant when he said in the Gospel of St Matthew chapter 24 verse verses 35 through 42. He said the following. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the son but the Father alone. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. After there, the words of Jesus Christ. So, Jesus knew well when he would come again in glory, but it was a knowledge that he was not given the permission, so to speak, to reveal to us. So, the question would be what did actually Jesus reveal to us about the end of times? First of all, that the history of humanity, just as we know it now, will one day come to an end. All those who are dead will rise from their tomb, that is, their souls will again inform their human bodies, and they will be alive again. Then Jesus will come to this world, but not with the humility and weakness that he manifested when he was born in Bethlehem in Christmas, but instead... He will come surrounded with power and glory together with all the angels of heaven. It is then that he will judge all the peoples from all ages and all history. And as a result of that, some will go to eternal life with him and others will go to eternal punishment in hell. And this is what our Lord revealed in chapter 25 of St. Matthew, verses 31 through 46. So you can read it for yourself. I'm not going to read it, but that's what is called the judgment of the nations. Now, this judgment will usher, then, a new heaven and a new earth, in which those who are saved will live with God in perfect happiness and forever. So if you want, it's not really the end of times but a new beginning or a sort of change of reality. The beginning of a perfect, eternal life in which there will be no more sin and no more suffering. So the first thing that will happen as Jesus returns the second time is that the dead will rise to life. This is what we call the resurrection of the body or the resurrection of the flesh or the resurrection of the dead. This was already present this revelation was already present in the Old Testament. Um, we read about it in the book of the, Mac- the second book of Maccabees, when there are seven young men and their mother and they are being tortured and actually uh, killed. and they say to the person who is killing them that they will rise one day and their members that he is now cutting apart and cutting into pieces, God will return to, tho- to them, those members, again in the resurrection of the dead. And also it is present in the book of Job, when Job says, chapter 19, verse 25 and 27, he says, As for me, I know that my vindicator lives, and that he will, at last, stand forth upon the dust. This will happen when my skin has been stripped off, and from my flesh... I will see God. I will see him for myself. My own eyes, not on others, will behold him. And also we read in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 5, verses 28 and 29. Jesus said there, The hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come out, those who have done good deeds to the resurrection of life but those who have done wicked deeds to the resurrection of condemnation. So up to there, the words of Christ. So this means that our bodies will be united again to our souls. That is our same soul united to our same body. We will be our very same selves, not some other different body or different kind of being. However, there will be some differences that will be noticeable, more noticeable, after the universal judgment. The difference is that those who will be saved will have a glorified, risen body, similar to that of Jesus Christ, the one that he had after his resurrection on Easter Sunday. So while those who are condemned will be in their same body, but that body will be sort of corrupted, in a corrupted way. So while we don't know what that exactly means, that sort of corrupted body will look like, we do know some of the characteristics of the glorified body because it will be similar to the body of the risen Christ on Easter Sunday. That is, it will be a glorified body with a certain light or resplendence, let's say, of glory, It will be immortal, therefore it will never die again. It will be impassable, in other words, it will not be subject to suffering. And subtle, that is, it will have the capacity to pass through matter if need be. Just as Jesus Christ was able to enter where the disciples were gathered together in prayer on Easter Sunday, even though the doors were locked. Now all this, of course, will happen when our Lord comes the second time with glory and power and he will establish his kingdom forever and all his enemies will be completely and definitively defeated. Satan will have no more permission to tempt and harass the human beings who are saved as he had done in the past throughout history. Finally, the universal judgment will take place. Again, the judge will be Jesus Christ, and this judgment will be similar to the particular judgment that takes place at the end of our lives for each one individually. But in this case, the while the outcome of the judgment will be the same, uh, it will be corroborated, right? There will be some differences. So it's not exactly the same. First of all, it's different in time. One is The particular judgment that takes place when we die with us individually the other one is the universal judgment that takes place at the end of history with all the world present so there will be two judgments right first of all the differences will be that in the universal judgment everyone will be present all all men from all history from all humanity from all places in the world and in that sense all the world will be a witness to the verdict pronounced for each person. Whether it is for our glorification or for our shame, all things will be made known to the whole world, even the good and the evil we have done in secret. All things will be made known. Right, Everything that we say or do, even in private, will be made known to everyone else and to God. On the other hand, the judgment, the final judgment, will be pronounced not only on the soul, as it happened on our particular judgment, because it was only our soul, our body was buried, but also on our body, because now we will will have a risen body. In that sense, the divine justice will be made visible more fully, because not only will he judge our soul, but also our body because our body indeed you know, partook in the actions that we made, whether for good or for evil, right? The, the body also deserves a judgment for good or for evil, but it deserves a judgment. So finally, all the consequences, This is another difference, right? All the consequences, whether good or bad of our actions will also be taken into consideration at the final judgment. For example, if I write a good book that helps many people to come closer to God, there are many good effects of that book that were not considered in my particular judgment. But all those good effects, for suppose that many people are saved thanks to the book that I write, all those good effects will be made visible and known to all in the universal judgment. Right, And the same can be said of the opposite, that is the evil actions that we do. If I Uh, gossip, or if I pass on uh, false judgment on people and it hurts them, even if I die and then the bad judgment continues in other people, right, and they are, uh, let's say, affected negatively, all that will be made known on the last universal judgment. All these realities of the universal judgment are artistically represented in the painting of the final judgment made by Michelangelo in the main wall of the Sistine Chapel. It's a huge wall, and there he painted Jesus Christ in the middle, the Virgin Mary at one side, and Jesus judging the whole humanity. And there you see the saints, the angels, those who are saved, the martyrs, but also those who are uh, being released from purgatory, and finally those who are condemned, and some demons also you see there, right? So... That is, if you ever go to Rome, it is something to visit and to contemplate and to look at, you know, uh, with, with care and with attention, right? And this is what I, I used a part of that uh, painting for the logo of this episode. So if you look at the logo of the episode, you'll see Jesus Christ the Virgin Mary and some details, very little bit, but a, a, a little of the details of that incredible painting of Michelangelo. So, I encourage you uh, to look at look for it online, right find it and look at it and uh, contemplate it in a sense. It's a, of course, artistic painting, a rendering, but it's very useful to to have into cons- to take into consideration and have it in mind. So now, well, there's some practical thoughts that I thought you could take from these truths of faith. So the first practical thing is to have a vision of hope, right? Many times the evil we see in the world or the evil we have to suffer can be a great disappointment and it can be very discouraging. So much so that it seems that evil always have the upper hand. And this may lead us to give up any efforts of doing good and of living holy lives. Because if everyone is sinning and evil people seem to be uh, successful, why am I doing so much efforts to do good, right? And this is disappointment, disappointing and discouraging. However, the knowledge that God will have the final say, the knowledge that there will be a day when all the good we have done will be rewarded, and that all the evil we have suffered will also have to be accounted for by those who who did evil, this should give us an attitude of hope. Because in the end, God will be victorious. And all those who have striven to do good according to the will of God will be rewarded and they will be praised and glorified with God. A second thing is that we should have a sense of responsibility because this time that we have now at hand is a very short time and it is given to us in order to live holy lives so as to reach heaven. And that choice is in your hands. It is up to you, of course, with the grace of God, through prayer and God's help, but it is up to you to live a virtuous life and to reach heaven. So let us then make a good choice. Make an effort to live a holy life from now on, every day, regardless of what people around you do. A third consequence is that it should instill in you a sense of gratitude toward God who has revealed all these things to you through the church and through Jesus Christ. And he has not kept you in ignorance or in the dark. Another consequence is that you should recognize that while all the daily concerns that you have are sometimes overwhelming, and they are concerns, I don't know, like for example, the concern to present a paper on time for your class or to pass a test that is difficult and you don't know a lot about, and even though you study, or the concern about being able to go on a particular date with this particular person, and so forth, all those things are not nearly as important as saving your soul for eternal life, right? The saving of your soul is the most important class, if you want, the most important paper, the most important exam, the most important... Business that you have at hand. And this is why you want to always live in the state of grace and do good to those around you so that you can reach heaven. Finally, these realities that we've been talking about should give you a sense of concern for the salvation of those around you, for your friends in college who might be living a situation of sin, or for your family members who might be distancing themselves from God, and so forth. So you should have that definite concern for their salvation as well as your salvation. So the knowledge of these things help us to be conscious of the salvation of other people as well because it is a gift given to us so that we can be instruments for the salvation of others. Right. So you, first of all, you should definitely pray for all those around you, for your friends, for your family members. But also you should consider different ways to see how you can, you can bring them closer to God. And I can assure you that if they are saved, they will thank you for all eternity. They will never forget the good words, the good example, the good prayers that you have done for them. So that is all for today. If you like this content and you'd like to encourage others to listen so that they can also get to heaven... Please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts and make sure you rate this podcast show in Spotify and in Apple. And if you have any questions or comments on this or any other episode, please don't hesitate to email me at info at fourcollegecatholics.org. I would love to hear from you. Well, thanks for listening. May God bless you. And we will see you next week.